the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Ken Sukuri Ministries. Scripture tells us in Psalm 34, 18, The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. These are the ones I look on with favor, those who are humble and contrite in spirit, and who tremble at my word, says Isaiah 66.2. We find beauty in brokenness when we choose to sit close with Him and trust that He is listening. He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds, our words of healing, in Psalm 147.3. Brokenness is a blessing because it puts us on the road to a breakthrough. Brokenness to Beauty with Brittany Francis, founder of Kensukuri Ministries, starts now. Welcome to Brokenness to Beauty. I am so excited. My name is Brittany Francis, founder of Kensukuri Ministries International. We just finished a conference, This Is Next. Uh, it was about how to go forward and how to heal from the trauma in our lives. And I was so excited as Chris was um, our main speaker, and I wanted to bring her on and to really close out and to bring on an audience as well who might not have been able to show up and to come and discuss a little bit further about what Chris discussed. It, there are so many pieces. We we talk about Kinsakori, and again, I want to just reiterate what Kinsakori is. Kinsagoi is pottery that is purposely broken in Japan. And what the Japanese do is they take the pieces of pottery and they put it back together with gold. And the more broken that the pottery is, the more priceless and the more beautiful the pottery becomes when it's put back together by the potter. And so the Lord had shown me this years ago and said there's another name for it. So once I looked up that type of pottery... Their other name was Kinsakori, which means broken journey turned to gold. And so the Lord had shown all of these pieces to me. And then he begins dropping people in our lives and in Kinsakori's life. And Chris is one of the first ones that the Lord just said, this is it. I have this woman for such a time as this to discuss the brokenness, to talk about what I want to do in women's lives. And so I wanted to just start with one scripture and then let Chris run. Uh, it says, Psalm 42, 6, my soul is crushed down in me, so I will keep you in my mind. And I think that so many of us women know that our souls are crushed so many times because we love big, we love well, and we have these ideas in our lives from when we're a little girl of what perfection is meant to be and what our lives in this perfect world would look like. The perfect children, no sickness, no illness, the perfect husband. And we're going to be the perfect wives. I mean, what do you mean? We know from the very beginning of time what we're going to look like, what the story is that we're going to live. And we even have it as little girls of what our home is going to look like. You know, yeah. mine was the white picket fence. 
I, I don't have a white picket fence. <laughs> I, in my life, my house has not been this white picket fence, beautiful situation. And so I want, as Chris speaks, I really would like you to pray and ask the Lord to reveal to you the pieces of your story that have looked like crushing, that have looked like it's not going to be redeemable. Whether you've lost a child, which was covered in the conference, or whether you've lost a husband, anything that you feel is not redeemable, I want you to press in and hear what the Lord has to say through Chris and and through the scriptures, and then we'll go from there. Um, so excited because we've got her this week and next week. So, Chris, thank you for coming on the program. Well, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. I always love to be here. Yes. And it's true. We all have our stories, and we all have this kind of perfection that we expect from our lives. And then when those things do not happen the way we think they should happen or never have happened the way you think they should happen, then how do we process that and how do we go from there? You know, my husband had things in his life that were unpleasant as a child. He would watch TV. He would say this, and I would look at the, at the family that I really wanted to have. And with that picture in his mind, he made walking through life and walking through dysfunction and dysfunction in your family, you know, he struggled with that until God saved him. But then he always had that that picture of the family that he wanted in his mind. Mm. And we do that. Little girls do that, like you said. Like, like my wedding looked nothing like what I dreamed about. You know, I don't have the white picket fence either. But I have a home, and I appreciate and I love my home. Amen. You know. Amen. Um, I appreciate and love my children. But we all have our stories. And in the middle of life, things happen to us. And we have so many choices of how we choose to react to that. That's right. And as Christian women, we we still have choices on how we're going to react to that. And and when we look at at our lives and we look at that situation, did we invite Jesus into the middle of that? Because That's right. there's so many times that we kind of are like, well, if you had just been here, Jesus. That's right. You know, I actually was thinking about that on the way, like Mary and Martha's first response to Jesus whenever their brother died was if you had just been there, yep. you know, we point our fingers and, and we also even have accusation, mm-hmm. you know, against Jesus. So it just in the past couple of weeks, there's a story of my life that I haven't really shared and I've done it to protect people. And I've, I've, you know, I've done it for several reasons. So I really actually want to talk about that today. Mm. I want to talk about that because there's so many aspects of it that, that you can relate to, but here's the thing. Like our, our stories are, are offerings to give to Jesus. Amen. They are, no matter how hard they are, no matter what you've walked through, no matter what choices you made, you may think, I don't deserve any kind of anything. I don't deserve forgiveness because I did this. This was my fault. It doesn't matter. You can present that as an offering to Jesus. And he is the redeemer. He is the redeemer. And so that situation, he can take and turn completely around. And so that's just another piece of gold that is put into your pottery that will make your life beautiful. That's right. 
So we obviously don't want to run after the difficulty, but when difficulty happens, we allow that crushing to happen. We allow Jesus to come in as our potter. That's right. He can take something so horrific and make it so absolutely beautiful. And isn't it when us as women see something beautiful, we don't run away from it. Right. We run to we it. Run to it. And yes. so that's something that I want you to hear, especially if there's a loneliness that yes. you've encountered because of the things that you've been through. When you submit that to the Lord, those broken pieces and the Lord gives in replace and exchange for beauty, that gold, right? Right. The right. ashes to the gold, you are going to have other people run to it. To it. Yes. Because it is so attractive once it's been exchanged. Yes, yes. I mean, have you ever had people that go, I'm running away from something because all it is is negativity, right? But that negativity, if it is given to the Lord, even if it remains a broken piece, something that's still a loss, a heavy loss, if it is given to the Lord, it's still made beautiful. And people want to press into that and run towards that. And so even that loneliness, the enemy wants, the enemy wants you to shut down because if you don't exchange it, then that loneliness is where he wants you to be. He doesn't want people to be running to you. He doesn't want it to be turned into a testimony. He wants it to remain this ugly piece and these ashes to silence you. Yes. And it's amazing because you can see someone who has been through something that you've been through and they've gotten victory in that. Amen. And so suddenly you're drawn to that person. Don't don't even realize it because yes. because they're carrying something you so desperately That's need. Right. That's right. So whenever I was in high school, I was a very naive child. Like I was very innocent, very naive. I really... I I didn't, I thought everybody thought the way I thought. I thought everybody loved Jesus like I love Jesus. I thought, you know, that everybody's moral compass was my moral compass, right? Well, I I found out through the course of events that that was absolutely not the case. So there was a, a guy in my class and he was you know, kind of flirtatious with me and, and all the things. He had a girlfriend. So to me, it was innocent because he had a girlfriend. So why would he even be flirting with me, you know? Mm-hmm. But anyway, it, it came about that um, he asked me to go into a room with him. And then while he was in the room, he molested me. Right. And my reaction was complete shock. I didn't Absolutely. freak out. I didn't scream. I was stunned. And so I, I left there. I wasn't really sh- I left the room, wasn't even sure what to do, how to process it or anything else. And then I told a friend who was like, this isn't OK. Like, you need to go say something like you. You need to go and report this. And so I talked to my parents and, and you know, told them the situation. And then I went to report it and I went to the principal. And this was a new principal. He was somebody who'd been in the school district for a long time. He was very well loved. And so one of the reasons why I didn't want to tell the story is I don't want to dishonor anyone. Right. 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 I don't want to dishonor anyone. So I really haven't told this story, but I think it's time. This was over 30 years ago. It's time. Right. It's time. So that person has passed away. And so it's time. So I went to the principal at the time, told him, you know, what had happened. And then I left there. And then he called me back in his office like two days later to tell me that basically it was my word against his, 
there really wasn't anything they could do about it. And well, what about, because I pointed out that there were other girls and a lot of them were his girlfriends that had instances like he would be in a car with them and he would pull over and until they performed certain things for him, he wouldn't leave, right? And he said, well, those didn't happen on school on school ground, so I'm not including any of those girls in this. Just basically, you just need to, you know, go on about your business and hush. So I didn't like that, but I didn't, like, again, I was a, in a, I was a very innocent girl. Didn't know what else to do with that. Okay, fine, that happened. And then, of course, people heard. And so then you go through the whole thing of whispers in the hall and looks and, and all the different things. So that was my junior year in high school. Also, this person came from a very affluent family, and he was in UIL competitions, had been to state several times. State was coming up. It was just all of that. It was it was looking out for the school and the interest right. of the school because he would carry our school into a higher ranking right. in all of the competitions. So right. it was looking out for the school more than me. And... So, and he graduated that next year. So I kind of had to limp my way through that year and and just exist. And that's what I did. I existed. I was number seven in my graduating class. And by the time I graduated, I was number 13. My grades started falling off. I, I was, you know, dealing with depression and all the things. And then I think what added insult to injury was the principal came and pulled me out of class one day to tell me, that my grades were suffering and he thought I was an underachiever and I needed to start working on that. And so, yeah, I, I struggle with that. So for years, for years, I carry that into my marriage. I carry mm-hmm. that into my relationships. I carry that into other areas of my life where there would be an authority figure over me, mm-hmm. you know, Mm-hmm. Um, and it took me literally until probably the last 10 years. So it took 20 years for me to fully, I went numb with it. I was a shover. I'm right. not anymore, but I shoved all of that stuff back. Mm-hmm. So intimacy with my husband was an issue. Like all of it was an issue. Mm-hmm. Being too submissive, not speaking up right. for myself, like all the things just became an issue for me. Mm-hmm. And so about 10 years ago, I really, um, I saw actually the one who who violated me, right? Now, by that time, I had really, I had forgiven him. I had processed that. I'd begun getting healing for that part of my life and for the intimacy and all that, you mm-hmm. know, that was involved in that. Mm-hmm. And I actually even was uh, shopping one day. It's about, it was 30 miles from our hometown. So it wasn't any, anywhere near our hometown. He had moved away. He never really came back. Um but I saw him. I passed him. Mm. He was coming out of a store. I was going into a store. It wasn't even a store or an area I usually shopped at. I saw him. And so we acknowledged each other, but I could see the look on his face. Mm. And I thought, oh, wow. So I actually turned around and I followed him back into the store. And when he turned around and he saw me following him back in the store, there was terror on his face. <laughs> terror. And he had his children with them. And to me, that was like, okay, so he knows what he did was wrong. Yeah. Like, to me, that was repentance. Like, seeing his face to me was like, okay, I can work with this, right? I did, mm-hmm. I wasn't even 100% sure why I was turning around, mm-hmm. you know. But I walked up to him and I said, hey, 
Remember that thing that happened in high school? And he was like, please, please, my children are with me. Please, please, just. And I said, I just came to tell you I forgive you. And I gave him a hug. I spoke to his children, and I said, how y'all doing? Nice to meet you. And I turned around, and I left. But that was the most healing thing. I mean, my heart had already forgiven him. But that opportunity to be able to say it to him Amen. was was remarkable. That was remarkable. Nothing was ever said. He he didn't even say, I'm sorry. But I needed him to know that I forgave him. I don't know. I have no idea what's going on with his life. I have no idea what that did for him. And it, it that's up to God. That's up to he and God. Right. But in that, I also have had to walk through really forgiving the principal. Absolutely. Because at the end of the day, like, I, that offense was bad. Mm-hmm. But what the principal did, honestly, was worse. Yep. A man of authority, basically, he did not honor what happened to me. He did not. He, sh- he pushed me down, and he shut me up, right? And this is a Christian man, mm-hmm. okay? So I want to I wanna give honor to that. He was very well known in the community. He was very loved by his church. He was a Christian man who served. And I think in that in that moment, it was his first year being a principal, and he he was the puppet mm-hmm. for the enemy, and then you know, like just trying to protect his job, you right. know, in all honesty. So right. it took me a while to really be able to forgive him. I knew I needed to. I said I did, but I had to walk through that. And just recently. Holy Spirit really began to work with me on this story of my life, right? Because our stories are like onions. I was just going to say that. They're layers. There's layers. And so we can receive healing, and he's not going to put it, it too much like, you know, our, there's crushing, but also like we can only take so much Absolutely. of that healing at one time. Absolutely. If we're going to heal well. If we're going to heal well. It's kind of like a burn. Like they don't just go in and scrape everything off. It's a process. Right. You know, of healing. And so that's how Holy Spirit is in our life. That's right. And so I had to finally come to that place and realize that the insecurities I was feeling and feeling like I wasn't worthy, even, even worthy to step up on stage and say anything. It was the desire of my heart. But... But there was something that was really holding me back. And he really, he made me realize that, that this, this offense in my life was it. Yes. But until I really fully said, okay, I can forgive him. Like how many times have I kind of shoved stuff underneath the rug and, you know, like my kids get upset about something and I just shove it underneath the rug. You know, I had to realize that, okay, I can fully forgive him and I can fully be free. That's right. And how many times does the enemy want us to shove? Because it's not, it's not, it's not worth, it's not worth dealing with. Exactly. It's not worth dealing with. Why would you want to deal with that? If we don't shove, then we, we're going to have to face hurt again. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And so many times we sit there and go, well, we just don't want to face the hurt. Yes. So if we shove it away, God will heal it. And that's how a lot of times the Lord wants us to look at healing. Right. Right. Oh, you're healed. You 
You've said it's forgiven. Right. And you've pushed it away. Yes. You haven't hit it or nailed it down as forgiven, but you've said it's forgiven. Right. And that's so many times people will nail Christians because we'll say, oh, we've forgiven that. Oh, that's totally over. Oh, praise the Lord. It is given to him. It is a holy exchange because I've said I've forgiven him. And in the name of Jesus, it is forgiven. But in our hearts, we have not addressed Several things, right? Which right. you hit. You hit a couple things that I want to kind of tap just real quickly. Forgiveness is a lot of times two pieces, right? Right. right. But what you had said was something very interesting. You had to forgive two different two different pieces in the first piece. Yes. The person that had hurt you, right? And the person who did not protect you, right? Yes. And so when we forgive, right, this is what the Lord was dealing with me not too long ago was there were two pieces in event that broke me and it was the person that had spoken ill about me mm-hmm. and it was a person that didn't protect me. Yeah. And the yeah. Lord was like, did you forgive both? Yes. 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 A hundred percent. Yeah. Because half is lukewarm. Right. And half is no healing whatsoever. Right. Because you really cannot say, oh, half of this is taken care of when the other half is really destroying your heart. Right. It's just what our sin does. Right. Right. It's true. So, it's true. I mean, how was it when you were able to forgive the principal first, right? How was that piece? I mean, did you still feel a little bit of... Or was it not completely done until, how was it? Well, I forgave the one who, who, you know, did it to me a long time ago. First. First. Now, the principal, I didn't even realize I needed to. There you go. Until about four or five years ago. Mm-hmm. When I realized that in that moment, not only did I realize I needed to forget, because I was like, God, why is this such an issue in my life? Like, please show me why this is an issue. So he brought me to that moment. Yes. And he showed me that and it was, and he told me, he said, you need to forgive, but also like, you've got to break off all of that that was spoken over you. Like that was witchcraft. Yes. That was manipulation yes. and witchcraft. Yes. So I, I did that. Now I still like, as far as like fully forgiving him took a little bit of, of time, right. but in that moment, you know, I, that was the beginning of healing. But the thing is we have to. We have to forgive, but then we need to apply the blood. Amen. Forgive, Amen. apply the blood. Amen. Right? Because Amen. they had to apply the blood over their doorpost. Yes. To not to not have their seed die. That's right? right. That's right. And so what we need to do is when we forgive, then we still have to apply the blood over that. That's right. And say, okay, Jesus, now now this is yours. Take this. Take this that I'm feeling, take this that has been done against me, take all of it and apply your blood. And that's when the redemption really comes in. Absolutely. And for some of the things, I just love how Lisa Turker says, you know, there are some things that are absolutely the unforgivable, right? Um, I have a friend whose whose child was murdered. Mm. Wow. And it was something that she had to face the murderer. And she said, you know, I don't know even how to begin because it is so raw. I don't even know if there's a point yet where I've gotten to 
that I can even look at him and say it and mean it. And I said, then you plead the blood of Jesus over that. Right. You plead the blood of Jesus over what's going on because the Lord looks at our heart and our motives of our heart. You know, and if the motives of our heart are pure, which it's Lord, I don't know how I'm going to forgive this. I don't even know how I'm going to get past this. You know, I see the consequences of these sins of what were done to me. I see the consequences and how they've affected my children, how they've affected my family, how they've affected my marriage. Even if some of these things were done 20 years ago, exactly. they can affect yes. us. And then all of a sudden, a different type of unforgiveness in our heart yeah. can hit right. because all of a sudden we, we can look back at our lives and say 30 years ago, 20 years ago, this was done to me. Right. This was done to my family and they didn't even know what they were doing. They didn't even care. Right. And so that holy exchange is what we're going to talk about next week. And about the consequences and the trauma, how we handle and give away and give those back to the Lord and what we get in exchange. And I can't wait to um, hear your heart on that. Uh, It's just so great. So I'm so excited that that you were able to join us today. And next week um, we will hear back from Chris about Um, consequences and trauma and what we can exchange them for. So we look forward to speaking to you next week. You've been listening to Brokenness to Beauty with Brittany Francis. Join us every Thursday evening at 5.30 p.m. To hear this program again, go to kkht.com and click on the podcast. For more information, visit kintsukoriministries.com, K-I-N-T-S-U-K-U-R-O-I. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.